This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. We give you all the viral stories that are just about to drop. Just please, oh please, oh please, oh please don't let this flop. If you keep scrolling, 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 and you're never gonna stop, then please, oh please, oh please, oh please don't let this flop. From stupid songs and dances, all the cultural advances, we will cover them from bottom to the top. Just please, oh please, oh please, oh please, I promise you'll appease our please, oh please, oh please don't let this flop. Hi, I'm EJ Dixon. And I'm Brittany Spanos. Welcome to Don't Let This Flop. A podcast about TikTok brought to you by Rolling Stone. Where millennials talk about teens, but not in a weird way. Brittany, I told you that I was going to read you the review. You said you didn't read the reviews. I don't read comments and I don't read reviews. I I can't do it. But I'm glad that you do. And so you can report back. Well, the the thing is that I, I hate myself. So, <laughs> so it's very much on brand as somebody who hates themselves to read the comments and reviews. This, but, I'm a I'm a latent narcissist, so I don't care what other people have to think about me. <laughs> or maybe I don't know. Healthy. Maybe that would mean I would read the reviews. I don't know if I don't. But I wanted to normally like I don't really like put much stock in like comments and reviews. But I wanted to read this one because I thought you would think it was funny. Okay. Um, let me let me pull it up. I did see our reviews that were out before we even started the podcast, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, that was my favorite. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> and everybody cool. was like, "Yawn, TikTok." <laughs> we haven't even done an episode yet. Okay, um, I listened to every episode, but not sure why it is so bad. Like maybe even so bad, it's good. One of the hosts is so negative and over it, and doesn't seem engaged or interested in anything. There's no joy here, just apathy and disgust. I enjoy pop culture and its analysis, but wow, this show just leaves me wondering why on earth these people thought they were the ones to host this show. <laughs> they think we're haters. That's fine. We, we, we are. are fucking haters. <laughs> we're haters. My feminism is built on hater being a hater. Mine too. You know? Every ounce of my politics and my ideology, like my personal brand is built on being a hater. I think like the thing is that I am such like a, I'm like the worst music critic because I love everything, you know? Like I'm like someone who like loves all kinds of music and like will find a reason to love an album and I review it. But like when it comes to like internet culture stuff, sometimes I'm just like, I can hate this. Of course you can because it's mostly bad. Yeah. It's, and I feel like that quality actually makes you, like, very good as a music critic. I mean, you kind of have to love music and love bands and love artists to be able to write about them intelligently, like, whether yeah. they live up to your standards or disappoint you. But, I mean, as an internet culture reporter, like, I, I hate everything. Like, that's, that's, part of, <laughs> that's part of what I do. So, actually, I think we're the two perfect people to host this podcast because you love everything and I hate everything. And we're coming at it from both of those, like, vantage points. <laughs> I could find something redeeming about most things. It, it starts with a little bit of of haterade, though. You got to drink your haterade every morning. Yeah, I, I drink more than enough. And to anybody who shares this opinion that we're about that we're I forget somebody. My sister once like showed me a text that she got where somebody called her a hatter. Like it was like an angry text from one of her friends when she was in sixth grade, like calling her a hatter. So that's what I think of whenever I think of hater. So yeah. if you guys, if you guys think we're hatters, yeah. you're right. There will be hateration in this dancery. I'm so sorry, Mary J. Blige. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but but let's let's start with something that we both agree that we love. Yes. 
um, which is this TikTok of a text exchange between John Travolta and Tommy Lee, uh, the drummer from Motley Crue, who's got a big TikTok presence. Um, Yeah, his TikTok presence is very, very funny to me. And I cannot believe we've reached this point in society where Tommy Lee is, are they married? Are they engaged? To um, Brittany Ferlin, a Vine star, who he is with in a serious capacity of some sort and makes TikTok content with with Tommy Lee that is very coupley and very sometimes funny, sometimes cringe, but <laughs> something I watch often. He's very big on TikTok and he's apparently friends with John Travolta, which I didn't even realize until midway through this TikTok, but he posted a text message exchange and we thought it would be fun to do a little dramatic reading of it in which Brittany, which, 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 which role would you like to play? I'll be Tommy Lee. Okay, and, and I will be playing the part of John. Tommy, can you send me that peanut butter Chico chip cookie recipe that you have? Ha 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 ha, okay. Give me a sec to find, wink. Thank you. You're welkies. And then John sends a picture of what looks like these really delicious chocolate chip cookies. And he says, you didn't know I was Johnny Crocker. (laughs) Wait, so that was the part that I was like, are they, like, why aren't they just baking these cookies together? Like, I would rather have the content of them baking these cookies together. Yeah, that would be adorable. Yeah, but they are in separate homes texting about cookies. And then the rest of the video is, um, like, selfie videos of them talking about their unbelievable Friday night plans of baking cookies and drinking lemonade. Okay, who would have thought that two superstars would spend their Wednesday nights making brownies and cookies with fresh lemonade? Tommy Lee and JT. Um, yeah, I mean, it, this is the most adorable thing in the world. It is super adorable because that's the other thing with like a lot of the Tommy Lee, Brittany Furlan content is that it's very like homey in a way that Tommy Lee for many decades was never that way. Like he was never like a domestic ideal of a partner, even when he was in previous relationships with like, um, he was with Pamela Anderson and Heather Locklear. Like he was never like the domestic husband type, you know, like that was never his vibe. He was the Machine Gun Kelly, the prototype for the Machine Gun Kelly type of today. Um, But yeah, so it's very funny to kind of see him be like very settled down, uh, like middle age. I feel like he's like a little older than middle age now, but like AARP age. How do you think he knows John Travolta? I know, that's the other thing. It's like, where did this friendship come from? I feel like it's just like famous people just know each other. I know that we... When we both saw this video, we had the fear uh, that Tommy Lee is now a Scientologist, which is worrisome. It's incredible. I mean, John is still a Scientologist, Yeah, right? John is still a Scientologist, which is also, yeah, that's where the fear comes from. It's like, we don't know where, where Tommy Lee is on it, but, like, could be. We don't know. Whenever you see a Scientologist, like, out in public with another supposed non-Scientologist, that's always, like, it's like an instinctual, like, almost maternal gut instinct fear. Like, oh, my God, did he join Scientology? Did he join Scientology? Like, it's it's yeah. it's like a, it sets off alarm bells, like, almost yeah. immediately. So who knows? We don't. We surely don't. But I do kind of love that they just know each other. 
And I just, I don't, I really don't know where the source of that is. I cannot think, I cannot for the life of me think of a single event that those two would both be at, like both be invited to. Now onto the sonic equivalent of baking cookies and drinking lemonade (laughs) with your partner on a Wednesday night, Ed Sheeran. (laughs) What do you, what do you think about Ed Sheeran? Love. Love? (laughs) Love. You love all of his music. You love him as a person. You're like a full-on, like, a cheer and stan. Or are you more of a casual stan? I'm a casual stan, but, I mean, in terms of of his... I'm a casual stan of his music. In terms of who he is as a person, I mean, I haven't heard of him doing anything problematic, have you? No, and I think that... So, I would say the thing with Ed Sheeran in the pop music sphere is that there, it's... He's a very sort of... He's a surprisingly divisive artist, right? Like, he's, like, Mm -hmm. someone that I think a lot of people can respect in many capacities. He's someone who's, like, besties with Taylor Swift, so, like, Swifties love him. He's besties with Harry Styles and the One Direction crew. So, like, the Directioner, he has the Directioners. He wrote a song for BTS. He has BTS ARMY. He has the most important pop fandoms a person can have. But, like, he also just, like, can be a little cringe sometimes musically, you know, like, he's, like, someone who, he does a lot of white boy rapping, which is a little, like, okay, don't do that as much. But, like, it's, he's a little, he could be a little cringe sometimes musically. So that's, that's why there was a, a great video this week with one of my favorite TikTokers, Nikoya, who had basically done this video where she's, like, talking about how much she loves Ed Sheeran and, like, starts singing a little bit of, like, an Ed Sheeran song. And Ed duetted it on his TikTok and people found it really delightful because he's like harmonizing with her. So we'll, we'll hear a little bit of, of that video. I don't know who made the executive decision that we all hate Ed Sheeran, but you know what? I'm going to stand my ground. I like that little leprechaun. Yes, thank the you. The fact that y'all see her and lie as if photograph ain't have you in a <laughs> chokehold really blows my mind. This song right here, are you smoking? It's all for you. Thank you. Do you think this means that there will be a critical reassessment of Ed Sheeran? Like, is is TikTok going to create a, a massive Ed Sheeran fandom? I have seen tweets to that effect, and honestly, I hope so. I just never really understood the visceral dislike of Ed Sheeran. Like, yeah. it's it's sort of like the visceral dislike for somebody like Celine Dion, who makes music that's very schmaltzy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, not considered, like, technically super high quality, but is hugely popular. Yeah. I mean, this is, like, there's a great, great book about that called Let's Talk About, it's like the Let's Talk About Love 33 and a Third by Carl Wilson, which is just, like, getting into the idea of, like, what is taste? Like, what is bad taste? Like, what is good taste? Like, why do people consider something that's so widely popular to be bad taste? Like, why is it the idea that, like, for the, you know, for critics to take a look at this and, like, deem it that it's, like, extremely bad taste to listen to artists that are super popular, you know? Um, It's just, like, it's a very strange thing. It's very subjective, but I think there's, like, a certain level of, like, wide appeal that either makes you kind of... Either you can, like, usurp that by being, like, a little bit, like, of a cooler personality or you just, like, don't and you just seem like a widely appealing, like, dork. Um, And I think, like, Ed Sheeran has only done that. I, I think it would be great to see an Ed Sheeran renaissance the same yeah. way that ABBA experienced a renaissance on TikTok. I yeah. think ABBA sort of ha- experienced like 
was sort of viewed critically at the time, you know, very similarly. I mean, we see that with so many artists, like Cher and Abba, like they are artists that were deemed very, very uncool by critics who were widely beloved and like, you know, have been widely beloved. And it took years for there to be like a, a new sort of critical discourse about them being good. And even then it's sort of mixed, right? Like, but I think that there's an idea that they can be appreciated for what they give to culture. But Ed Sheeran is someone who, you know, I think there's like some, I don't really care for a lot of his ballads. Like, I don't care for Ed Sheeran on just a guitar. But I love his like more upbeat, like I love Shape of You. I think that's such a great song. Mm -hmm. I love um, the like new songs from his new album. Like, Bad Habits is so good. Um, But, you know, I I don't want to, like the A-Team, I don't care for That song is so boring to me. I can't do it. This podcast is sponsored by Monarch Money. Are you saving to reach your financial goals? Reaching those goals isn't just about getting more money, but by managing what you have. And the best way to manage your money? Monarch Money. Monarch Money is a new kind of finance app that's intuitive, powerful, ad-free, and takes the headaches out of budgeting. Try it free when you go to monarchmoney.com podcast. Monarch puts all your accounts, investments, transactions, and finances at your fingertips. With a complete view of your finances, you'll gain insights on your spending and find new ways to save. Plus, Monarch lets you customize your dashboard, collaborate with your partner, set custom budgets and goals, and track your progress toward them. See why Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and loving it, and why the Wall Street Journal named Monarch Money the best budgeting app overall. Get a 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash podcast. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H money.com slash podcast for your free trial monarchmoney.com slash podcast. I would like to see Ed Sheeran sort of have the same type of sex appeal as a Pete did as a Pete Davidson. Do you like that segue? I think it's a great segue. I mean, listen, I think I did a really if great we're talking job. about celebrities with really god-awful tattoos, like, they're both in the same boat. I don't know if you've seen Ed Sheeran's <laughs> tattoos, but it, they're all in, like, like, bright colors, similar to Pete Davidson. So I don't think you're that far off. I would love to know more about Ed Sheeran's tattoos and have and have a comparison of Pete Sheeran and Ed Davidson's tattoos. Yeah. Pete Sheeran. Ed- that sounds like a really good uh, <laughs> Pete Sheeran and Ed Davidson. Jesus Christ. It like, uh, took me a second. I was like, wait, <laughs> something's wrong. <laughs> but maybe they're just it, it seems up. like it, that would be a great vulture, vulture yeah. like encyclopedia. Who has this tattoo? So. Yes. <laughs> but as we exactly. as we know last week, um, Pete was very famously photographed with Kim Kardashian at Knott's Berry Farm. I don't know what that is. I think it's like a... a you don't know Knott's Berry no. Farm? You don't know Knott's Berry Farm? It's like a famous uh, theme park. It's one of like the theme parks in Southern California. Okay. Now they're doing Knott's Scary Farm, or they were for yeah. Halloween. So that's why they were ostensibly Yeah, so there. they were on a bunch of roller coasters and rides, and they were holding hands on one of them as it was like clearly on like the, you know like going down or whatever and they kissed on SNL when she was on there um when they played Aladdin and Jasmine so at first everybody sees these photos and goes bananas because Kim recently broke up with Kanye and there's of course like a little bit of Kanye and Pete experience like Pete has told this great story on late night multiple times about how he went to dinner with Kid Cudi who's his musical hero good friend of Kanye and all of a sudden Kanye shows up I think Kim showed up and Timothy Chalamet showed up and then suddenly Pete had to cover the bill when Kanye ordered a bunch of really expensive things. So there's like a weird Pete-Kanye connection. And also Pete, since Ariana Grande, 
has really fucked his way through the entirety of Hollywood. Like, he has become a, an it boy, a surprising it boy. When when he was with Ariana, it was very much like, how did the, how did we get here as a society? But Pete, Pete also did a whole segment on Weekend Update about Kanye. But, like, Kanye, I know you're like, yo, this is the real me. I'm off the meds. <laughs> Take them. No shame in the, in the medicine game. I'm on him. It's great. Yes, he was very, he's been very outspoken about Kanye's MAGA politics and how shitty this sort of, like, turn has been and also about his, like, um decision to, like, not take his medication, things like that, because Pete has also very publicly struggled with a lot of mental health issues and has been very open about his own recovery process and things like that. So he's spoken very openly about about Kanye stuff and been very critical in the past. But, Brittany, you were worried about doing this segment because you said you would have too much to talk about. I have so much to talk about. Um, (laughs) I don't even know where... So I I have been a long-term... Pete Davidson Stan. You know, like, I I love him. Um, I've interviewed him before. We had a great time. Gave him a tour of our old Rolling Stone office. He Is he nice? Fo- he was so nice. This was so, this was, like, early in his SNL tenure. Had to be, like, the first year. He was mm-hmm. dating Cassie David at the time. I think they had just Wait, started don't, dating. Wait, don't spoil, don't spoil the game. <laughs> oh, well, we'll take that one out. <laughs> okay. He was dating, well, I mean, because it's important for the thing, because he was dating, this was his first, like, you know. Right. First kind of famous relationship. And he wanted, he really, like, kept taking, he kept taking photos of all the Larry David covers, because we had, like, fo- like, photos of our Larry David covers. And I remember him asking if we had a merch store in the office. And I was like, this isn't 30 Rock. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's so cute, though. He was very, very sweet. He followed me on Instagram. But then he sort of went through a bunch of periods where he was, like, deleting his Instagram and then bringing it back. So I no longer have a Pete Davidson follow on Instagram because he doesn't have an Instagram anymore. But it was such a a great flex for a period of my life. Um, but, yes, yeah, so I've been following him very closely. I loved him and Ariana together. I love that relationship. I love their, like, I loved everything about it. Um, I love the album that it inspired. I love the song on Sweetener that still remains on there that's just called Pete Davidson. And I, I think he's funny. I think he's, like, a genuinely funny person. There is something kind of undeniably sexy and charismatic about him, which is why, you know, when everybody was going around after the Kim Kardashian photos came out and being like, you know, coming up with theories about how Kris Jenner orchestrated this or how Kim herself orchestrated it to take attention away from Courtney, who just got engaged yeah. to Travis Barker. There was immediately, like, another strand of the conversation that was like, no, 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 guys. Like, he's he's hot. Like, of, it's not surprising that, like, an extremely hot, extremely funny, extremely talented rich guy would get all of these hot women. And I saw another tweet that said Pete Davidson should work as a consultant for the Democratic Party on how to appeal to white women, <laughs> which I thought was spot on. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so we decided we wanted to play an, a little game with um, our editor, uh, Dan Stein, um, because we, we were going to do it with each other, but we both realized that we were too familiar with Pete's romantic history to to be able to do this effectively. So, Dan, if you're up for it, we made a list of um, people that Pete Davidson has been inside and people that Pete Davidson has not been inside. And you have to guess 
if Pete Davidson has been inside this person. Are you are you are you down for that? I'm down. <laughs> okay. And it's not I want to be clear this is not slut shaming. This is celebrating. This is okay. slut celebration. Slut slut celebration. Okay. okay. So don't yell at us. All right. <laughs> Kate Beckinsale. I'm guessing no. He has been inside Kate Beckinsale. Yes, they okay. they they have they have done it. Yes. There okay. was a really gross photo of them courtside at I think a Knicks game touching tongues and yes. um Yes. Yeah. They've done it. Uh, Jennifer Aniston. No. Correct. 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 Okay. As far as we know, he never has say not never. Been, never say never. <laughs> Jennifer Aniston has dated John Mayer, who is sort of like the proto Pete Davidson. Sure. It, it's like we go, it's like if we were doing like an Animorphs, it would go like, <laughs> <laughs> it would go like Tommy Lee into John Mayer into Pete Davidson. Of like oh the ultimate <laughs> like <laughs> like fuck boys of Hollywood, you know, like who just kind of like date a lot of really really hot people that you don't fully understand, and you hope that they're being good to them, but you can't really tell. I don't think Pete is a, a bad boyfriend though. He seems like he's gotten very good reviews from everyone. He's gotten good penile reviews at least. But from- Ariana even said she was like he wasn't a, a a bad boyfriend or whatever. Like she enjoyed being with him. That's true. That's true. Okay. okay, next on next on the list is Margaret Qualley. Yes. Correct. Taylor Swift. No. Correct. Correct. But also Margaret Qualley, now she is dating Jack Antonoff. Hmm. Who is I don't, don't want to talk producer. about that. I, I don't want to talk and about that. I'm about to start me. a movie with Taylor Swift's boyfriend. I have Are too they, much to say. We'll I have too much to couple. say about all that. <laughs> I, I have too much to say about Margaret Qualley. I can't. I can't. All right. Uh, Samantha Barks. Yes. Incorrect. Samantha Barks was famously Eponine in the 2012 version of Les Mis. I didn't know who that was when you put that. <laughs> Samantha Barks. You didn't, you didn't see the Les Mis movie? Directed by Tom Hooper, pre-disgraced Tom Hooper. <laughs> She's I very did. good. I did not. She's, did she's not. snatched also. She's famously snatched and famously very good. Um, <laughs> okay. okay. Estella Havisham. Yes. No. Oh. <laughs> that was a trick to fool you because Estella Havisham is the heroine of Dickens's Great Expectations. That's also someone I had to Google. <laughs> um uncultured <laughs> Kaya Gerber no yes they yes. were linked rumored it was I a big controversy he, because he confirmed right I don't know I, I remember it was like kind of a big controversy because she had just turned 18 oh that's right so I don't know that's if he right. ever confirmed it but they were spotted together a lot but yeah he should be getting in more trouble for that but again, we I, don't know. We don't know. That's yeah. I, I think I think we do know. I feel like I in researching this, I saw him say, like, you know, it was great. She just she like she shouldn't be with me because I'm like messed up. Like he was very honest about it. Oh wow. Yeah, like in the quote that he gave. Weird. So I, I I think that's basically confirmed. Weird. All right, Chriselle Staus. No. Correct. 
Brittany, you did not have to Google Chris, De- Chris Show, I'm assuming. I did not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Phoebe okay. Dynavore. No. Yes. She was on Bridgerton. And, yeah. And they started dating. They dated for a while, actually. They dated for most of the pandemic. Yeah, that wasn't that was my least favorite relationship of his. She's not super interesting to me. It was very low key though. I kind of liked that for him. Like it, it seemed very cute. Yeah. Well, it only lasted like five or six months, so <laughs> he got what he wanted. It's done. Okay, and here's the last one. Laura Roslin. Yes. No, that is the president <laughs> in Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> Well, as, right. as the TikToker said, he is he is in a brand of boys that is basically the manic pixie dream girl for women, for straight women. I, I hope you learned, Dan. I hope that was educational for you. Very much so. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you for playing. You didn't do great, but that's that's fine. You'll improve next you. time. <laughs> So this week we have a a very special himbo of the week. Instead of just us talking about how hot this person is, we have decided to invite our himbo of the week, who we have both admired for a very long time, Mm -hmm. to come talk to us. And so we could admire him via Zoom. So our himbo (laughs) this week is Samson Gaglione, who is an extremely hot man who has made a career on TikTok out of eating home-cooked meals while grimacing at thirsty comments. This is his brand. This is exactly what he does. And he has created a community out of women being horny for him in his comments. Favorites include protein hit off the skin bong. And I want to play Barbies with you. You be Ken and I'll be the box you come in, which is a pretty great pickup line. Yeah, it's it's excellent. So please welcome Samson Gaglione, a welder from Montana, which is the most himbo profession a person can have. And we're very thankful that he has it. How many um, followers do you have? Well... My current account only has like 100,000, so not a whole lot. My last account just got deleted. They banned me permanently, and that had like 400,000, I think. Do you know why they banned you? The comment section was (laughs) extremely out of control and violated (laughs) community guidelines nonstop. (laughs) Well, how could TikTok hold your comment section against you? I don't know. I think it was just so many people were commenting and it was just, I mean, people were arguing and it got heated. So they just canceled me out altogether. (laughs) So obviously, you know, you're, you're very hot on TikTok. Um, That's what you're known for. What what do you do when you're not being hot on TikTok? Like what's your full-time profession? Or is this your full-time profession? Like being hot on TikTok? This is definitely not my full-time profession. Um, I own my own small welding business, so I'm a metal oh, fabricator. Nice. I'm very blue-collar, regular old guy outside of TikTok. Yeah. And so what led you to starting a TikTok? Uh, purely boredom. <laughs> um, during, you know, like the whole lockdown and coronavirus stuff, uh, I don't know, spending a lot more time at home. Work was slow at the time, so I thought I'd start one. And at first, I wasn't making a ton of videos, and they definitely weren't the thirst traps that they've become today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it just slowly progressed into what it is now. What kinds of videos were you posting initially? Like skits, and I do these like coffee drinking 
things in the morning where I just wear funny sunglasses and slurp coffee super loud and play Taylor Swift. (laughs) (laughs) So how did it, what was the turning point for you in terms of your content? Like how did your page become about reacting to increasingly horny comments? (laughs) Um, It was like a rapid change. I posted one TikTok of me shirtless, like in my bathroom and the comment section just took off. For some reason, that was a video that went viral for me the first time. And then I just responded to the raunchiest comment I could find. And it progressively got worse and spun violently out of control, spawning the thirst trap page. <laughs> I mean, it's sort of built it's a, your own fandom through it of people who are sort of like communicating with each other and also trying to like one up each other with how aggressively horny the comments are like what's it been like to kind of see that develop over time it's well it's definitely grown to like a community of women i think more (laughs) i feel feel at this point it's more about the women coming together and like working together to see how outrageous they can get together than it is about me like i'm just a vessel to promote these comments you know it's not really about me anymore it's about them that's my feminism (laughs) yeah. <laughs> I'm just the billboard. Like, They're saying the message. <laughs> what is your favorite horny comments that you've ever gotten? Oh, man. I should have prepared for that. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, recently, there was one about being filled like a Twinkie and leaving like snail trails all over the place. And <laughs> the visual for that one was just extremely overwhelming. And the fact that they didn't use like any like bad words uh, really made it even funnier because it was just so discreet and under the radar, but just hilarious at the same time. I think I'm paying attention to the wrong things in your videos because the thing, the main question that I have is why you use so much hot sauce on all of your meals. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know why that started. I just like, You know, I cook for myself and I usually make my TikToks when I'm like eating dinner or breakfast or something. And I eat a lot of hot sauce and I just throw them on the table. And there's been one time where one of the brands that I actually really enjoy, uh, they they contacted me through TikTok and sent me a bunch of hot sauce. So it's not like I'm paid, but like once in a while, I just throw one out there just because I think it's funny. It's like a prop, you know? Yeah. What are your preferred brands? Like, maybe this is, like, the pivot to becoming a a hot sauce influencer. (laughs) I definitely think El Yucateco makes the finest and spiciest hot sauces out there. They're the best tasting, for sure. (laughs) Have you ever been made uncomfortable by any of the comments on your TikTok? Um, not really. You know, I get asked (laughs) that a lot in the comment section. Mm -hmm. People are constantly like, oh, how does it feel to be sexually harassed nonstop? And to tell you the truth, it doesn't bother me at all. I think it's hilarious. Uh, I got thick skin, you know, I'm a blue-collar construction worker, so I've heard it all. Um, It doesn't bother me. I personally don't feel like I'm being harassed. I think the people who are commenting are in on the joke and understand that it's all just basically comedy at this point. And, uh, yeah, it doesn't really bother me that much. Have you been recognized at all in public or met any of the the horny commenters in person? (laughs) Actually, uh, I got recognized for the first time on Halloween. Which was wow. surprising because I was dressed as Don uh, John Daly, who I don't know if you know who that is, famous golfer, but he's like a big husky dude, blonde <laughs> mullet. And so, you know, I had a fat suit on and stuff. And uh, 
uh, someone stopped me in the middle of the bar and was like, hey, are you that TikTok guy as a woman? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and they're like, you're, you're TikTok famous or whatever. And I, was, I just walked away. You know, I gave him my typical grumpy stare and just walked away. It was uncomfortable. That made me uncomfortable. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the first time. It's only happened once. <laughs> You mentioned that, you know, it's more about the women at this point, like this is sort of a community. And you said that, you know, sort of jokingly, but I think there's some truth to it, that there is something empowering for women about competing over how horny they can get for (laughs) a dude. But I mean, it it also begs the question, like, would you ever use your comment section as like a dating site? Like, would you ever actually date anybody who left a horny comment? Um, I don't know. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, it seems like a lot of women would probably be into that. But uh, for me, I mean, it shows you got a sense of humor, at least, if you're commenting on there and letting the world see that you have a bad mind as well as everyone else. I would probably into it. If I actually met someone who was cool off of there, I, I wouldn't mind that at all. Are you single? I am We're not single. asking for the audience. Okay, thank you. Okay, good. Yes, I am single. <laughs> and do you have any advice for any himbos out there looking to gain a following at TikTok? Um, I would say just keep making content until you hit that spot where you find your niche. You know, people said that to me when I first started making TikToks and... Then I found my niche on accident, which just happens to be like grumpy, shirtless, thirst traps. But um, <laughs> find your <laughs> find your niche and stick with it. What's working uh, will probably continue to work for a long time, and you'll build that community. You know, like how I've built my community of these women who are competing with each other. You'll find your niche and your uh, community that'll support you and make your yeah. stuff blow up. Thanks so much for listening to Don't Let This Flop, This Week in TikTok, brought to you by Rolling Stone and Cumulus Podcast Network. Written and hosted by me, EJ Dixon, and Brittany Spanos. Executive produced by Jason Fine, Bridget Chelsea, and Elizabeth Garber-Paul. Edited by Dan Stein, and original music composed by Daniel Mertzlove. See you next week. 